from the NLRPD to KTHV to behind the microphone. It's Scott Romine with Guatney Unplugged. Hey, we got a super timely topic right now. Of course, we just had these tornadoes devastate Arkansas, and uh, people are here to help. Of course, we've got Patrick Bowen. He is the media relations specialist with FEMA, and Corey D. Williams. He is the public information officer for the U.S. Small Business Administration. It's funny because we have a morning show that's Corey and Patrick, <laughs> and now you guys show up and it's Corey and Patrick. How are you guys? Doing great. Thank you so much for having us on the show, Scott. Oh, I'm very gosh. Today. Thank you, Scott. You guys have got to be just absolutely swamped with this but you do this everywhere correct yes uh so for myself i've been with the u.s small business administration since i got out of law school so this is 17 years this past march um been a blessing um to be able to help out disaster survivors you know pretty much throughout the country from sandy to all the way in california numerous texas disasters this is actually my fourth presidential declaration here in arkansas so love serving the citizens of um, the state of Arkansas, and I'll let you know, kind of let uh, Pat kind of tell about his. Yeah, when did you get started? So I guess I started just almost ten years ago working with FEMA, and um, really look forward to helping people in Arkansas. Here, we really our hearts go out to everybody that's been hurt by this devastating series of tornadoes here that's damaged Little Rock and Wynn and and Jacksonville. We really just really we're really concerned about people. We want to help them, and FEMA's here to provide financial assistance to people to help them get back up on their feet and begin their recovery from these devastating damages to their properties and homes. How do people get a hold of of FEMA and Small Business Administration, you know, if somebody's just now listening, how how will they reach out for help? Sure. So FEMA has three ways to reach us. We have an 800 telephone number. It's 800-621-3362. That's 621-3362, the 800 number. Or you can go to disasterassistance.gov. That's all one word, disasterassistance.gov. And you can apply for assistance either through that phone call or, or get on the website and do it. But FEMA also has people in the field at the disaster locations right now. Mm-hmm. We're located actually here in Pulsaki County. Uh, we have the city center site. We have DSA staff on site, what we call our disaster survivor assistance staff on site. So I would encourage people, if you have losses and damages, come and meet our people. Mm-hmm. We're going to be establishing disaster recovery centers that will be longer lasting sites in these um, disaster locations that people can come in and see us. They can meet with us and SBA. SBA will be co-located with us there. And part of the recovery process is FEMA gets you started, but the Small Business Administration loans to individuals is really what gives you the you know the the, um, the amount of funding that you need to get to back to rebuild the homes that have been lost and destroyed or severely damaged as so many have been. I am guessing that technology plays a role. I bet there is an app for your phone that you could probably make a report. Yes, that's right. And FEMA has this terrific app that you can use. I would encourage people to, if you can, come and meet with us to apply for assistance because we need to know things about you. We need your social security ID. We need to know where you live, proof of residency. Um, And once you've got an application submitted, our people can counsel you. Once you tell them what kind of losses and damages you have, they can counsel you on what type of assistance you'll be eligible for. But once you have that app in hand, then you can track it, right? So you get a notification to come to your phone. Uh, we've got a question, additional questions for you. You'll have a particular code that you'll be given that to track your individual claim for assistance or application for assistance, rather, so that you can follow it. So you're absolutely right. It's the phone. I mean, 
the phone. The phone, yeah. yes. Everything's the phone. Well, the app on it is just terrific. Yeah. It would be just super hard to even figure out what you've lost. I mean, this is not something that's going to happen overnight. You know, I couldn't list what I've got in this house, and it's not been hit by the tornado. You know, it's very difficult. Well, you know, one thing, with Scott, with anything, with any kind of devastating tornado such as this, you know, just like Pat said, our heart goes out to those who were impacted. And the first thing we want to make sure psychologically when you're returning from, you know, this devastating, you know, tornadoes is tough, you know, and FEMA has crisis counselors that'll be in the field oh, as well good. for those that were impacted, um, um, you know, because, you know, it's an emotional, it's not only a physical loss, it's emotional, psychological, everything, so many emotions that goes through when someone one, you know, has um, a loss like this, and then there's loss of lives, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, that, and that, again, that's why we're here for the long term, we're not, you know, just going to be here for four or five days, um, myself and Pat will probably be here at least 60 days um, while we're, you know, kind of helping out, supporting the Just us individually, sure. if you yeah. continue to be here, yeah. just to your point about what you, what would happen should you lose, you know, you lose everything all of a sudden, right? you don't know what you have, so this is really an insurance loss, right? If your property, property insurance is going to cover the, the the majority of your loss, but like everything with an insurance claim, you're going to need to document your losses. So take pictures of your damages. That's the first thing. Photographs really tell you know tell a big story about what you've lost, and then you're going to have to you know, talk to your insurance agent and and get your claim settled with your insurance company. If, if you're a property owner or if you're a renter, for example, renters are also eligible for assistance. They're just not the same level, but for all their personal property that they lost and they'll be eligible to file an application for uh, FEMA assistance for that. And that, that's really important because you don't know, right? And, and if you lose everything, all of a sudden, you know, you want to compile a list of what mm-hmm. you've owned and the significant things that you own that you've lost and I mean damages you've suffered like your vehicle for example um it just go it's very difficult for people to take it one day at a time right now kind of smart to document what you have for everyone huh go around with a video in your rooms and that's you what, never that's know what you people tell us to do yes one day. absolutely yeah yeah it's good to have your documents um if you can, you know, have them online, scan your documents and upload them to your mm. cloud storage or Google storage or your Apple storage or something like That's that. Good idea. That helps you with your important documents. But if you go to our disaster recovery centers, you also have the state's going to be there and the city representatives will be there and they'll be there from the agencies like the Department of Motor Vehicles if you lost your driver's license. So they're going to be there to aid people to rebuild those documents and get them as quickly as possible so that they can get started on that recovery process any idea where we're at right now how many people still without power kind of just the status today not not I real don't sure. know on that the people without power i mean it's a smaller number now but it's to the person that it's without power it's a big deal right oh yeah right. a lot of people are out for days or up to a week or so now we're just a week post here um i saw the power crews out in jacksonville working really hard i mean they were putting in new poles they were running new lines the trucks have been up and down the road if you've seen them at all so they're doing a good job with power um it's getting shelter for people is really important right now. People have been dislocated, right? So they're providing assistance for them to do that. And FEMA will look to provide more assistance. Once the state determines how it wants to provide assistance to the survivors, FEMA will go along with them and do the best we can for them. Talk about the importance of volunteers. That's huge. 
Well, you know, one thing I would say, Scott, is that um, just from stories I've heard, I actually um, presented at the Sherwood Chamber of Commerce on Thursday. That's how I met Bob. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, Bob Grissom. Like yeah. And, you know, the one thing that really stood out in the way Mayor, Mayor Mary Jo, the city of Sherwood mayor, um, and also uh, Mayor Frank Scott also mentioned is that you know, as soon as the sunlight came out on um, Friday after the tornadoes, you had neighbors helping neighbors. You know, there's a family assistance center, as Patrick alluded to, that's kind of that, you know, a huge, almost kind of a Walmart super center mm-hmm. for disaster assistance. They're giving out supplies and there's FEMA DSA representatives there. But neighbors helping neighbors, that's exactly what disaster assistance is about. You know, before, you know, FEMA um, gets a dec- before there's a declaration, you know, there's neighbors cutting down trees there's neighbors you know help um, remove debris you know debris from people's yards so that's you know Arkansans helping other Arkansans because if the shoe were on the other foot they would get that same response so that's that's what that's what it's about loaning generators and all kinds of stuff like that going on exactly exactly how quickly are you guys on the ground well, I'll take that question. Please, so we received the presidential declaration this past Sunday. Okay. So the tornadoes hit Friday, and we actually received the presidential declaration on Sunday. I was in town in Little Rock on Monday afternoon, so just that fast. And I've been – I was actually, actually had the pleasure of doing the tour with Governor Sanders as well as Senator Bozeman when uh, they toured damage areas in Little Rock, North Little Rock, as well as Sherwood. So we've been boots on the ground um, for from the time we land, you know, from the time we land and, you know, that, but that's what it's about. We want yeah. to get the quick response when we get that federal presidential declaration. Um, on the website, you look online, the declaration date of this event is April 2nd. Tell me what that declaration means exactly. And, and why does it take a couple of days to determine that? And who makes that declaration? So, so with FEMA, the, the evaluation is based upon the state's request for a disaster declaration. Initially, the state will make a disaster declaration for itself and then request from the federal government a, a disaster declaration be issued by the president. So in this case, because the damages were just so devastating and so obvious, it was immediately arrived at to create this disaster declaration. Two days is not a long time, honestly. It can take no. longer depending on the damage assessments. But we were looking at this event. FEMA was watching very closely, and when they saw these storms spin up, we had people prepositioned and had people back in here on the ground the day after the event. And the day of the event, people were surrounding the area, ready to come in. So we uh, we have to we have to look real hard at what we're doing, but we want to be here yesterday if it's possible. You guys help so much with you know finding shelters and people to stay that's lost their homes. I would think that is even more challenging in a place like when that was hit they don't have all the hotels of little rock how do you deal with that what do you do yeah that's exactly right so with a, with a, in a situation like that in a smaller community you don't have those lodgings like you said scott so people mm-hmm. rely on their family and friends and that's usually their first line of of resource for people who have need a place to stay right um in terms of replacing the housing that's lost, though, over the longer term, that has to be rebuilt. So the state is going to look at that and determine how to treat the people and help them in that way. And then FEMA will provide whatever assistance they can for them. Sometimes people are compelled to lodge out of the area, right? So that adds difficulty to people who are working in the area, for example, mm-hmm. or going to school. But we try to do everything we can to get people into safe shelter immediately and then longer term develop other resources for them. Where are we at right now, like 
on hotel vouchers? I mean, are they all full? Have you filled the hotels or uh, the state and the, and the regional? Um, it, regional administration office had provided vouchers to people and the, mm-hmm. and the, and the state is currently talking with FEMA in terms of how to manage a, a voucher program for lodging if that's something that the state wants to proceed with uh, the immediate um, vouchers that were provided were provided locally and like I said FEMA will work with the state to take it from there how do people end up so far from where they live because after Katrina we had all kinds of Louisiana folks in hotels in Little Rock is that just Lack of resources? Do they end up farther than that? How does that happen exactly? Well, the, so with Katrina, what happened, you know, that was an, a hurricane and they evacuated. So, you know, they jumped on the buses and different things like that. So that was a little bit different where they, the first set was set to go to Houston, but then they dispersed in different areas. So it's a little bit different for this one versus the tornado where the tornado hit so fast. I don't think you're going to have people displaced like in Louisiana and right. different, you know, Know, different states because of the situation that it was so fast and they it wasn't like a mandatory evacuation in preparation for like a hurricane katrina or anything like that but great question on that one scott yeah i'm curious if you guys i would think there's probably a division or, or something within what you guys do that monitors the weather is that such a thing you probably are, are ahead of, of the course, darn yeah, weather well, channel national weather service right would be one and NOAA, and national ocean atmospheric association administration rather that's a thick one but and then fema has its own weather operations oh they do as well, yeah course, i figured yeah. they probably did yeah but we rely on other federal agencies you know and, and work in concert very closely with all of them like sba and usda and weather services so we we have our hand on the pulse at all times you guys are so experienced at seeing these things are you you've got to be pretty good at really estimating probably before it's ever happened you've seen these storms spin up so much like man, that could really produce a F two or F three or what? I mean, are you already heading towards the area, anticipating things? Well, no, you not know, necessarily. And, and even um, Scott, you know, if you notice on some of the newscasts, even some of the newscasters in Little Rock were like, "Whoa, there's a tornado here, and it's coming this way." You know, shelter in place. So many times, you know, they know because of Torcon ratings. You see that on Weather Channel. You know, I think that even this past week, Little Rock had like a Torcon rating of five which, you know, five out of 10 is a 50% chance of a tornado occurring. I think there was one small tornado that hit on Wednesday. Thankfully, it was no major damage. But, no, the one thing is for Pat and I, we're in recovery. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you have different phases of of actual um, emergency uh, and response was – you know, for most of the cities, they didn't switch to recovery until after Wednesday when they knew the latest uh, wave of tornadoes was going to uh, leave the state. Then we fully shifted into 100% recovery. But we're not just looking at uh, Weather yeah. Channel and saying, hey, let's go right now. You better know, go that way. We, we have to act upon presidential order. So uh, until the president declares it, we can't make a move. But we see what you see in the media, and we, um, you know, we're ready to to be there when, when the time calls. So you guys come from out of state. How is it regional? I mean, what states are grouped together? And, you know, how does that work exactly? So FEMA has operating regions across the United States, and in, in each region, there's a number of states are within each region. Um, but we also have a national incident management response 
teams that go out as well as local incident management response teams. So these are the first people that arrive from FEMA to get on the ground and start planning the response. And we have a, a playbook that we work from from previous disasters and know the kind of things that we're going to need to do. But this one is unique. You know, this, these tornadoes are just so unpredictable. It's just so it's yeah, so devastating to see what happens. So we we try to support the state as much as we can. We rely on the state to tell us what they need and point us in the right direction to go. And the state's been doing a terrific job in this. The National Weather Service also did a great job in coordination with local meteorology here and the Arkansas uh, Emergency Management to really get people prepared and get these warnings out. They really saved lives. I know we've had loss of life, but boy, people really knew you know to protect themselves and shelter. It really made a difference. So oh, technology has saved so many lives, you it know, has. a lot of new technology I don't really care for. I wish it never come around, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> that weather stuff is, I mean, it well, saves a lot lives. of lives. It's saved oh, lives. my gosh. It's Unbelievable. Just the greatest thing you could ever have to have that ability to be able to help protect people and give them the warning they need. And in these with these tornadoes, it's seconds and minutes that make a difference, right? I have, thank I've goodness seen, for that. Yeah, big time. I've seen like on television we're using like boys clubs or gymnasiums as shelters right. initially. Is is that one of the main things or hotels? And I remember back in Katrina they got into like bringing all those trailers or whatnot. Is that – do you not do that anymore or is that just in certain circumstances? Well, so providing um, additional housing for people is a longer-term part of the uh, response Right now, we're in this immediate phase where we just need to provide immediate uh, shelter for people, and that's being done. But to, to provide extended housing for people based on their needs is something we'll have to assess, and the state will make that request to FEMA, and then FEMA will determine how to proceed from there. Is there a cap to the amount of money that is spent on one disaster, and they have to go and ask for something beyond that? What are the limitations? So FEMA's budgeted on an annual basis in the federal budget, but individual disasters can't be calculated. We estimate They're estimated as we proceed along, but there's no limitation on We try to provide all the assistance we possibly can to people. And, and, the, and again, the state is making those requests to FEMA, and FEMA sure. will do the best they can to meet them. I got you. And in regard to the U.S. Small Business Administration's Office of Disaster Recovery and Resilience, the one thing that's the major difference, Scott, is that with traditional SBA loans, all those loans are funded by banks, but they're guaranteed by SBA. With the Office of Disaster Recovery and Resiliency, all of our loans are actually directly funded by the U.S. Treasury. So there is no cap. Um, now, of course, with our program, these loans have to be repaid back. But many people um, don't realize the role that U.S. Small Business Administration plays in regard to disaster assistance. Not only can we offer loans to to businesses of all sizes, but homeowners, renters, and nonprofits. Businesses. And that, that's so important yeah. right now. Yeah. Most people probably would never know that. I mean, yes. and really, even the name is kind of, if I see Small Business Administration, the, I would never assume you're going to help me, the individual. Exactly. And so they do in these disasters. They do. That's what's yeah. so they critically do. important yeah. that, that people know that, that these uh, available loans for individuals are very, very um, fairly. Um, price so you don't have a big interest expense related to them you have a longer term to pay them and they and they do the, everything they can to help people get these loans you know and the people can pay them back and provide for rebuilding their their lives it's tremendously important are they subject to these higher interest rates on homes right now we are not so for homeowners homeowners actually borrow up to two hundred thousand dollars to repair replace disaster damage real estate 
um, as well as $40,000 to repair, replace disaster damage personal property, which would include disaster damage vehicles. We have interest rates as low as 2.375. Wow. No closing which you call. cannot get. You cannot beat with a stick. No closing costs. No cost to apply, no prepayment penalties. And in fact, our administrator, Isabella Casillas Guzman, initiated two programs in response to the prevalent number of disasters. There's a 0% interest accrual on all of our loans for the entire first year. And it's a 12-month deferment. So someone, whether you're a business, homeowner, renter, or nonprofit, if you borrow funds from the U.S. Small Business Administration's Office of Disaster Recovery and Resiliency, you know, you don't have to make a payment for the entire first year. And if oh I could add gosh. something to that, Unbelievable. too. So, so FEMA will refer people to Small Business Administration to apply for assistance. And it's really important that people that FEMA refer to apply for assistance do apply for that a loan from Small Business Administration. And if for any reason that they are denied that um, loan from SBA, that makes them eligible for, likely makes them eligible for additional FEMA assistance. So it's really important part of the process to apply for that SBA loan if you are referred by FEMA. Is the additional FEMA assistance, is that a loan or is that? So FEMA assistance is a grant, Scott. A it's, grant. It, there's no loan. There's no repayment. And FEMA assistance is provided for specific purposes like your home repairs, unnecessary lodging, uh, could be medical expenses, things that are you've incurred as a result of the event. Um, the Small Business Administration loans are really focused on, I'll let you distress that, Corey, but about re- rebuilding your life, right? Tell me what a business it is called the Small Business Administration. And I'm sure you're doing something for them, too. We are doing something for them uh, as well, Scott. So businesses can actually borrow up to $2 million to repair, replace, disaster damage, real estate, machinery, inventory, and equipment. But the most important thing that I always emphasize for business owners is the need for working capital during this disaster recovery mm-hmm. period. And that's the purpose of our Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program, where businesses can get their, you know, Think about monthly um, expenses, paying your employees, paying your chamber of commerce dues, all the things that are necessary to keep the business operational during this recovery period. That's the purpose of the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program, where you know you pretty much dictate how those funds are spent because some people may have to even reimagine their business. Think That's about true. if they lost their storefront. They may now have to you know sell things online. Or let's say they were a vendor and they go to different fairs and there's festivals that they go to. And now because of the tornadoes, festivals are canceled. Well, that was anticipated revenue, mm-hmm. so they may have to travel out further to go to different festivals, to go to different vending events. So that's why the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program is so critical. And for businesses, again, can borrow um, you know, interest rates as low as 4%. Again, wow. 0% interest accrual. 12-month deferment. So this is a game changer for businesses to stay operational during this recovery period. And also nonprofits. Nonprofits are treated similar to businesses where they can also borrow up to $2 million to repair, replace, disaster damage, real estate, machinery, inventory, and equipment. But also nonprofits experience economic injury as well. Think about church festivals. I wanted to add that too because houses of worship and churches and some have been just devastated, some destroyed, honestly. They're also going to be eligible to apply for FEMA assistance to rebuild their houses of worship and their churches. And FEMA has a specific program in the area of need for those particular um, facilities. So take heart, you know, you're going to get your church rebuilt. I guess that's a great news. And FEMA is going to do the best we can that's to help awesome. you do that. And what we can't do or we can't 
completely do small business administrational support as well. Yes. And that's a critical part because one of the things for churches in order to qualify for that FEMA assistance, one of the things is, is exhausting all federal remedies, which means most likely having at least complete an SBA application and get a determination. Understood. Right. Then your insurance, your yeah. property insurance is going to be primary. That's going to be the your number one source of revenue or, or funds to replace the damage to your properties. But the uninsured losses or underinsured losses that you have is where FEMA will step up and step in to make a difference. I'm wondering if you guys ever get the chance to, you're on a trip or a vacation or you end up back in a city where years prior you helped a disaster and you look at some businesses or churches and go, see the turnaround, you know, is is it better than it was before or you can, you're saying, hey, I helped, I had a hand in redoing this. Have you got to do this? I have had that pleasure, Scott. Um, I'll give you a quick story. So in 2008, I worked Hurricane Rita. You know, Rita was in Texas, and Rita devastated the Texas Gulf Coast, and and especially it devastated and pretty much obliterated um, Galveston. So once uh, I had another, um, you know, of course, I'm from Texas. Sure. So um, I had a chance to come back and You're from Texas? I would never know that. We talk about Texas a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I had a chance to come back to Galveston, and they actually built a pier very similar to the Santa Monica Pier. Oh, really? Yeah, and it was, you know, it it made my heart feel good to know that the work we put in, it's like, wow, you know, you see the city rebound and rebuild even stronger and even more resilient through this process. So That's a good point about making it stronger, right, and building back better. Right, exactly. And the mitigation effects, you know, realizing that we need to make these structures more solid, right? We want to build them better. So FEMA will go out of their way to show people the guidelines that they can can, uh, stick to to make their structure stronger and safer. Yeah, because obviously probably some things get destroyed that were built in the 50s or 60s or 70s Mm -hmm. without the design work that might have resisted the storm. Exactly, exactly. And so for U.S. Small Business Administration, we offer 20% of the total physical loss for mitigative measures. So that's on top of the 200000 to where homeowners can actually borrow an additional 20% of their total loss for mitigative measures. So whether, and, and it's for the similar peril. So similar peril could include, you know, any kind of wind shutters or any kind of, um, Probably not. It's probably not retaining walls since this was not a, a flooding event, but maybe even a um, storm shelter. In fact, um, whenever I was at the Sherwood Chamber, I talked to Bob, and they had one of the um, homeowners there. He actually built an underground shelter. Oh yeah. And for him, that gave him that peace of mind to say, you know what? His wife called. He, she was in the underground shelter. He could go about his day because he knew she was okay because they had that underground shelter and it was just her and the dog. That may have been Bob, in fact. I'm not. It was Bob. It was Bob. Oh, yeah. He's he's got one big enough you could live in it. And she (laughs) probably wants him to live in it. You know, I'm just saying. You know, so I just mentioned FEMA also is going to provide people architectural guidance on structure repair and replacement. And we're going to come out and make that information available to people, too. So as we move through this process right now, we're still in this immediate phase, right? Get body and soul together. But when people start to rebuild, they're going to be able to have all the support they need to build better.
doesn't it go back? It, it's got to be great to go back and, and see something you had a hand in. It, it, it really is. It makes my heart feel good. And, um, you know, the tough part with me, this is the fourth presidential de- um, declaration I've had in Arkansas. Unreal. But, uh, yeah, but just seeing, you know, one – Arkansas helping Arkansas first off and foremost that's amazing because sometimes disasters are not enough to reach a presidential level so still just neighbors helping neighbors that's so critical in any kind of disaster mm-hmm. assistance but the one thing is when we do have areas we've gone and visited before and we can come back and say you know Pat and I we, we feel good we we did what we need to do as far as getting the message out. I, I think we do our part but it's really seeing everybody else how they recover exactly. right and rebuild exactly. you know yep. and how people get get through this right they had they really do everyone should take heart you know maybe in the worst day of our lives and in a lot of people's lives and we're going to provide the support and help but people are strong they're you know americans are great people yeah we are going to do this arkansas too i think about you know i'm just so blessed that i've got a family with a dad with a chainsaw and we've got we have all but not everybody has all that that's right and and we'll you know that's where we come in and everybody else and the volunteers in particular like you said just to see people out helping unbelievable can you clear up some i've always heard of this and i don't know if this is true or was true or whatever I've always heard if you would install a FEMA approved tornado shelter, there was some sort of a rebate program. Was that not a thing? I I think my grandma installed one and got like $1,800 back, but it's been several years ago. Is that I'm not familiar with that. I I know the idea of providing people incentives to build shelters is really important. And the FEMA may have programs like that. I'm just not aware of it. I'm I'm focused on the individual assistance of survivors right now mm-hmm. and what they do. But, you know, it was certainly a good question for us to find the answer for you, Scott. Thank you for throwing that out there. What about somebody out there that, you know, is a property owner that rents real estate that they've got something available right now how could that be utilized well that would um their primary source would then be through the u.s small business administration's office of disaster recovery and resilience so if they're landlords we treat landlords some of the businesses where they can borrow up to two million dollars to repair replace disaster damage real estate machinery inventory and equipment but think about it, scott that with that landlord now that that structure is damaged that's lost rents. Mm-hmm. That's where we can come in with the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program to help them with working capital to replace those lost rents while the, the property is being rebuilt. Interest rates, again, as low as 4%, 0% interest accrual, 12-month deferment. So hopefully that'll be a game changer for a landlord sure. to yeah. put the um, property back sure. in place. And, and I'll just add on that. Renters are eligible for FEMA to apply for FEMA assistance. So if you got a landlord with open properties, they would need to reach out to you to, SPA. to do that as well. Yes, they would. They would need, And we still want them to register with FEMA because we want accurate numbers right. in reporting. So if you are a landlord, a business owner, even though you may not receive a grant as a business, still register with FEMA by going to disasterassistance.gov. Unfortunately, when these things happen, there are those that try to take advantage of it. We always hear about things like looting, 
and fraud, but I'm guessing the fraud thing is probably overtaking the looting these days. Uh, how is that? What do they attempt to do? and What should people look out for? So, so people have to be careful, right? I mean, there are people that might try to take advantage of these circumstances and take advantage of people. So, you know, if you meet somebody who says they're from FEMA, make sure they show you their FEMA identification. We have an ID card that they'll show to you. And don't provide your personal information to anybody that you do not know, your social security number and your personal identity identifiable information you got to protect that very carefully and then when a contractor comes out and says well i'm going to get you know i'm a fema appointed contractor that's not true there's no fema approved contractors fema does not approve contractors in any way shape or form and they don't work for fema so make sure people are telling you the truth and make sure that you're protecting yourself um you got to be careful that people try to take advantage of this situation and look out for your neighbors too especially the elderly people you don't want to have people being taken advantage of people say i'm an inspector and i'm charging a hundred dollars to do this inspection for you that's that's not fema yeah and 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 you can also call your sheriff or something to report something like that should that happen and let your your neighbors be aware of it too i'm just curious it's not very far from here oklahoma or whatever would fema show up on like indian tribal land so fema has a program to support tribal nations as well in terms of their damages and tribal nations will apply for fema assistance similar to the way that the state will apply for them and then fema will go out and support the recovery and response from disasters in those tribal nations have you guys seen in your careers disasters that were bad enough that fema and small business administration step back and go look we're going to change the way we operate i'm sure that has happened at some point in time well no that's a great question scott first off so not so much to change the way we operate because our programs are actually um, dictated by the Stafford Act. So that's congressional law. But the one thing is, is that we may have to be in a particular state for a longer period of time. So let's say, you know, once the presidential declaration was actually received, that opened up a 60 day period to apply for physical damage. Now, what happens is if we're getting a close to that 57, 58 day and they're like, whoa, OK we're still not where we need to be right then the state can request additional extensions to the deadline and fema has the right to and the state drive the state really drives us we really yes. want to do everything we can and there are times when we have to be adaptable to circumstances right when people haven't gotten their, yeah. uh, the chance to com- file complete reports so their insurance settlements have not been completed yet so those extensions will be granted based on a need basis and based upon you know their submission by the state but we, we certainly um we have to be adaptable circumstances but we do have to also um, uh, apply the regulatory and statutory requirements that we have to build back better we can't build in floodplains for example we don't want people going back into danger areas um but we'll do what we can and make the changes we have to make. I was going to ask you about, does, does FEMA determine what a floodplain is and doesn't have to have something to do with the rainfall or the chance in 100 years? It has something to do I'm with not, I'm an years. Expert, I'm not an expert in floodplain management, but the cities and counties and states are really expert in this area. And FEMA also operates the National Flood Insurance Program to provide flood insurance to residents of the United States. So, but again, I'm not expert in that area, but the state and the county, county in particular is strong in that area. If you have questions, they'd be the people to go to. Like with this tornado, it goes 
across our whole state. I mean, do you guys get stretched pretty thin? I mean, you've got to have people and win. I mean, how do you manage that? Well, you know, these are what our federal taxpayer dollars are for. We actually have presidential declarations in California currently. We have presidential declarations here in Arkansas. I think Tennessee was declared yesterday. Yeah, and it was just declared as well, yeah, too. De- oh declared. So, but that's what, you know, the, I mean, many countries so, don't have federal taxpayer programs that can help out in times of disaster when you think about these huge earthquakes and they don't have emergency assistance like that so you know it's truly a blessing that we have this in our country that there are programs to help in times of disaster i'm curious you mentioned like earthquakes and stuff i mean when people watch the news and they see devastation from a tornado hurricanes earthquakes it kind of looks the same from a helicopter but do they have their own completely unique challenges Oh, every disaster brings its own perils and own unique challenges as far as, especially when you're talking about earthquakes. I mean, you know, it's a number of lives lost because buildings just totally just collapse in right. and So just trying to find potential um you know, survivors and everything through that process. So every disaster is going to be a little bit different. Um, in fact, we just, you know, a few days after the Little Rock tornado, you had the Missouri, Missouri tornado, but the Missouri tornado actually happened at 3.30 in the morning, and it killed like five people. Tragically, because they, yes. They that, didn't have that. That early warning. That, that early, they, I mean, it was so early in the morning, people were asleep, and things, you know, it, so the response is a lot yeah, slower. Arkansas did a great job in getting people up to yeah, speed, knowing this was coming in. They did. Really did. You can't say that enough. How great! Yeah. How great it was that they saved so many lives. And the way this phone buzzer goes off on the everyone has a smartphone alerts. Yes, that is an an awesome system. Pay attention, right? Yeah. Keep your phone close to you. Yeah. And I guess with hurricanes, you're dealing with people that are on the freeway at five miles an hour for miles and miles. You know, the evacuation comes into play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a part of it. I mean. You know, for certain storms like a hurricane, you're going to have a little more notice if a hurricane is in the impending air. But just like Pat alluded to earlier, um, you know, tornadoes, there's not going to be hours notice, days notice to know if a tornado is coming. Um, The one thing is, is whenever, you know, whether you're on the road, whether you're at your school, if a tor- tornado's in the area, shelter in place, you know, go. If you're in a school, a lot of times that's maybe take, the Take it serious. Is what, it, and that's what people did this serious. time. They did take it seriously and it did save lives. Talk about the best place to get in your home. If you don't have that tornado shelter out I'm, in the I'm yard. not an expert in that area either. I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, they say get to an interior room in your house. That's the common advice or get to the lowest space in your home. That's what I've heard. Without windows. Without windows, right. You want to get to the safest location, but I'm not expert in that area. I mean, thank God, you know. Yeah. I mean, you thank know. Thank God it doesn't happen every day, you know. But, yeah. that's. I'm fortunate my mom lives across the street, so she has a tornado shelter. Oh, and it's nice. just amazing to be able to watch TV and go, okay, we're 20 minutes out. Okay, let's go down there. Right. You know, they didn't have that 30 years ago no. or 40 years ago. There was no, the thing just popped up. Well, mitigation is, is, is critical, you know, just like Patrick mentioned, and we talked about the SBA programs and mitigation. Take advantage of those mitigation programs. Get that shelter. And Yeah, this is advice. something that will come along, you know, after we get through this initial phase here and we start to do the rebuilding. But we're definitely focused on getting people to mitigate and build shelters if it's at all possible. Or, or also know where your closest shelter is. That's the other thing. Know where to go if you don't have it. Not everyone's going to be able to have a home in a tornado shelter. Rent, renters, for example, need to have a safe place to go to as well. You guys have probably heard some unique life hacks with your experience. I know that 
my fiance has a friend that uh, the, her husband, they would always get in the hall, and he would always would get in the hall with his uh, cordless uh, sawzall. And he, he'd all, they, people would make fun of him about it until a tornado come through and they had to cut themselves out of the hallway of their home with the battery-powered saws he on was that. A boy, he was a Boy Scout, too. He I'm was gonna, probably yes, yeah. an Eagle Scout. <laughs> Eagle Scout, there But you how go. smart is that? Super smart, yeah. Of I course, mean, you know, if you're walking around with a sawzall all day, people might start thinking. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> very true, too. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm just I'm talking just about kidding. in a, in a storm kidding. situation, <laughs> he always wanted a flashlight and a sawzall, and that's well, pretty That's, that's really smart. Yeah, be prepared, exactly. And he was, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. I mean, yeah. he wouldn't walk around with, like, Jason or Freddie uh, Michael Moore or whatever. <laughs> Michael Myers, yeah. Mike, Mike, Michael Myers. Not yeah. doing all that. But, uh, you know, that, that's <laughs> something definitely to think about. I see that it's getting very popular on Facebook marketplaces, especially times like now. These above ground shelters, people are bolting into their garages. That seems to be a pretty good idea. You're not running out into the weather. I I, I haven't heard of the above ground shelters because I mean above ground. I mean it. it you know, pretty much can. Well, be dealing with that threat here, you know more about that, yeah. right? I mean, I mean, yeah. you can't argue with a good idea. That yeah. sounds like a really good idea, given what we've been through here. You know, yeah. a really secure location. And supposedly they've been taken and tested at University of Houston or something. They FEMA has done tremendous yeah. amount of work on on on, on tornado tornado safety um, locations and how to build out a, a shelter like that. So yeah. we'll we'll be able to provide that information to people. Smart. Like I said, as we proceed. Looked at a house one time. I had one in the garage. It was in the floor, and your car would be parked over it. Oh, yeah. So you couldn't raise the door to get in it if the car wouldn't start. Oh, wow. You know, I kind of got to think these things out yeah, a little better. Yeah, that, yes. Talk about if someone needs the help right now, you guys, let's talk about the contact information, phone numbers for FEMA. And so for FEMA, business. the 800 number is 800-621-3362. And you can call to apply for assistance to that number. Or if you've already submitted an application for assistance, you can call to find out about the status of it or to provide additional information. There's also our website, disasterassistance.gov. You can, you can go up there and file an application for assistance as well and follow it up there as well too. Um, I just stress the importance of getting into these new uh, disaster recovery centers that we're going to be opening up here in Little Rock shortly, as well as in Jacksonville and Wynn. They're going to be open within this week coming and get in there and meet FEMA people. Get your insurance uh, documentation clear, straightened out. Make sure you've got your insurance claim understood and um, provide that personal information that FEMA needs to proceed to get you the assistance that we can. And for, and for SBA, it'll be disasterloanassistance.sba.gov. Again, that's disasterloanassistance.sba.gov. And our customer service center number is 1-800-659-2955. Again, that's 1-800-659-2955. Man, I can't thank you guys enough for coming up here to be on the radio show. Appreciate it's you terrific guys. that you're yeah, doing this. You. Oh, really I appreciate Scott. it, Scott. Thank it's going to help people a lot. And that's, hey, what we, that's what we really want to do. We got to do it. Thank you guys so much. Go have a great Saturday. We'll see you next time on Guatney Unplugged.